The American handed Lemus another cup of coffee and said, Why don't you go back and sleep? We can ring you if he shows up. Lemus said nothing, just stared through the window of the checkpoint along the empty street. You can't wait forever, sir. Maybe he'll come some other time. We can have the polizai contact the agency. You can be back here in twenty minutes. No, said Lemus. It's nearly dark now. But you can't wait forever. He's nine hours over schedule. If you want to go, go. You've been very good. Lemus added, I'll tell Kramer you've been damn good. But how long will you wait? Until he comes. Lemus walked to the observation window and stood between the two motionless policemen. Their binoculars were trained on the eastern checkpoint. He's waiting for the dark, Lemus muttered. I know he is. This morning you said he'd come across with a workman. Lemus turned on him. Agents aren't aeroplanes. They don't have schedules. He's blown. He's on the run. He's frightened. Months after him now, at this moment. He's only got one chance. Let him choose his time. The younger man hesitated, wanting to go and not finding the moment. A bell rang inside the hut. They waited, suddenly alert. A policeman said in German, Black Opal Record, Federal Registration. He can't see that far in the dusk. He's guessing, the American whispered. And then he added, How did Munt know? Shut up said Lemus from the window. One of the policemen left the hut and walked to the sandbag emplacement, two feet short of the white demarcation which lay across the road like the baseline of a tennis court. The other waited until his companion was crouched behind the telescope in the emplacement, then put down his binoculars, took his black helmet from the peg by the door, and carefully adjusted it on his head. Somewhere high above the checkpoint, the arc light sprang to life, casting theatrical beams onto the road in front of them. The policeman began his commentary. Lemus knew it by heart. Car halts at the first control. Only one occupant, a woman, escorted to the Vopo hut for document check. They waited in silence. What's he saying? said the American. Lemus didn't reply. Picking up a spare pair of binoculars, he gazed fixedly towards the East German controls. Document check completed. Admitted to the second control. Mr. Lemus, is this your man? The American persisted. I ought to ring the agency. Wait. Where's the car now? What's it doing? Currency check. Customs. Lemus snapped. Lemus watched the car. There were two Vopos at the driver's door, one doing the talking, the other standing off, waiting. A third was sauntering round the car. He stopped at the boot, then walked back to the driver. He wanted the key. He opened the boot, looked inside, closed it, returned the key and walked thirty yards up the road to where, midway between the two opposing checkpoints, a solitary East German sentry was standing, a squat silhouette in boots and baggy trousers. The two stood together, talking, self-conscious in the glare of the arc light. With a perfunctory gesture, they waved the car on. It reached the two sentries in the middle of the road and stopped again. They walked round the car, stood off and talked again. Finally, almost unwillingly, they let it continue across the line to the western sector. Is it a man you're waiting for, Mr. Lemus? asked the American. Yes, it's a man. 
Pushing up the collar of his jacket, Lemus stepped outside into the icy October wind. He remembered the crowd then. It was something you forgot inside the hut, this group of puzzled faces. The people changed, but the expressions were the same. It was like the helpless crowd that gathers round a traffic accident, no one knowing how it happened, whether you should move the body. Smoke or dust rose through the beam of the arc lamps, a constant shifting pall between the margins of light. Lemus walked over to the car and said to the woman, Where is he? They came for him and he ran. He took the bicycle. They can't have known about me. Where did he go? We had a room near Brandenburg, over a pub. He kept a few things there, money, papers. I think he'll have gone there. Then he'll come over. Tonight? He said he would come tonight. The others have all been caught. Paul, Firak, Lenzer, Salomon. He hasn't got long. Lima stared at her for a moment in silence. Lenzer, too? Last night. A policeman was standing at Lemus's side. You'll have to move away from here, he said. It's forbidden to obstruct the crossing point. Lemus half turned. Go to hell, he snapped. The German stiffened, but the woman said, Get in. We'll drive down to the corner. He got in beside her and they moved slowly down the road to a side turning. I didn't know you had a car, he said. It's my husband's she replied indifferently. Carl never told you I was married, did he? Lemus was silent. My husband and I work for an optical firm. They let us over to do business. Carl only told you my maiden name. He didn't want me to be mixed up with you. Lemus took a key from his pocket. You'll want somewhere to stay, he said. His voice sounded flat. There's an apartment in the Elbrecht Jurastrasse next to the museum, number 28A. You'll find everything you want. I'll telephone you when he comes. I'll stay here with you. I'm not staying here. Go to the flat. I'll ring you. There's no point in waiting here now. But he's coming to this crossing point. Lemus looked at her in surprise. He told you that? Yes. He knows one of the Vopos there the son of his landlord. It may help. That's why he chose this route. And he told you that. He trusts me. He told me everything. Christ. He gave her the key and went back to the checkpoint hut, out of the cold. The policemen were muttering to each other as he entered. The larger one ostentatiously turned his back. I'm sorry, said Lemus. I'm sorry I bawled you out. He opened a tattered briefcase and rummaged in it until he found what he was looking for, a half bottle of whiskey. With a nod, the elder man accepted it, half filled each coffee mug and topped them up with black coffee. Where's the American gone? asked Lemus. Who? The CIA boy, the one who was with me. Bedtime, said the elder man, and they all laughed. Lemus put down his mug and said, what are your rules for shooting to protect a man coming over, a man on the run? We can only give covering fire if the Vopos shoot into our sector. That means you can't shoot until a man's over the boundary. The older man said, We can't give covering fire, Mr. Thomas, Lemus replied, Thomas. They shook hands, 
the two policemen pronouncing their own names as they did so. We can't give covering fire, that's the truth. They tell us there'd be war if we did. It's nonsense, said the younger policeman, emboldened by the whiskey. If the Allies weren't here, the war would be gone by now. <laughs> so would Berlin, muttered the elder man. I've got a man coming over tonight, said Lemus abruptly. Here? At this crossing point? It's worth a lot to get him out. Munt's men are looking for him. There are still places where you can climb, said the younger policeman. He's not that kind. He'll bluff his way through. He's got papers, if the papers are still good. He's got a bicycle. <laughs>